0: This is Mindset for Success, with your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen. Each week, she will interview women entrepreneurs to explore the unconscious psychological struggles they faced as they build their businesses and how they overcame them. Here's your host, Leslie Knudsen.
1: I'm so excited to welcome our next guest, Dr. Janaye Zendros. Janaye is the chairman and the CEO of Ohavo Group Global, AGG, a woman-led modern media parent company that serves fortune and multinational media companies in 15 locations globally. This year, she reached a new height in her career when she scaled Ahava Group Global to nine figures. She's an internationally recognized leader and is the creator of the first impact fund in Canada led by an Afro-Canadian woman that focuses on women entrepreneurs creating social impact through technology. It's such a pleasure to have you here today, Janae. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, lovely. Janae, as you know, it takes a lot to be a successful female entrepreneur and business acumen is key, but we rarely talk about the psychological challenges that women often face to achieve that success. And I refer to these as those negative and sometimes persistent thoughts that create doubt or undermine success and can destroy self-confidence and risk-taking. Could you share with us, Janae, a bit about your inspirational journey of how and why you decided nine years ago at the age of just 31 to become an entrepreneur of a consultancy company empowering women? I imagine it might have had some risk for you.
2: Well, there definitely was some risk, and it didn't initially start that way. You know, I was never focused on Fortune Corp's media companies or even consultancy. It's um, that actually came after when we pivoted the company in 2016. How I started was by just taking my gifts or my God given talents and just trying to put them to work. I was going through a lot of tra- life transition at the time. Um, when I started my company, I, I did ask for a divorce. Um, I was a mom of two little kids under the age of five and um, life was very uncertain. And um there was a there's a lot of fear because I wasn't really anchored in anything at the time as I am now, mm-hmm. um, and I just felt like I was always um, I had to find I had to find my way um, through a lot of very tumultuous life altering dynamics.
3: Mhm. Mhm.
1: And how were you able to do that? How were you able to make your way through life tumultuous dynamics?
2: Um, well. As I was building, as I, when I started my um, creative agency at the time, um, or full-service creative agency at the time, I was also podcasting on a lot of different types of topics, women's empowerment, leadership, um, spirituality, religion, emotional awareness, and to, like just, uh, just topics that really um, were where I was on my journey. And it gave me access to interviewing some of the world's most renowned leaders, healers, celebrities, thought leaders, um, on topics around leadership, emotional intelligence, emotional awareness, spirituality, healing, with just different healing modalities.
3: Mm-hmm. In the process,
2: I realized that I was just healing myself in that process. Um, and that was part of the tools that helped me walk through, but I don't think anything really prepares you for entrepreneurship. I think a lot of times, and the way that society almost frames it, it's like, yeah, you have an idea, put it together, and then all of a sudden you're going to turn it to Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. totally unrealistic. Mm -hmm. You know, um, many people go through this very, this up and down and up and down, and there's a lot of failure, and Mm -hmm. you have to really become resilient and failing forward. Mm -hmm. Tell
1: me something, if you started at such a tumultuous time, how come you decided to go forward with it and not wait to a less tumultuous time?
2: Because I learned really early, so even prior to entrepreneurship, I probably learned this in my first marriage, that there's never going to be a right time. Mm-hmm. The right time is, and so you're just going to have to jump in and do it anyway. And that came from when my first husband and I wanted to get married, we wanted to, um, we were like, well, we should wait for the right time when we should get married, but there was never going to be a right time. You doesn't stand mm-hmm. still to- and so you either keep in step with it or you become that left behind. And so I just decided I took that same attitude from in my early 20s into my 30s that, you know what, gonna I was just going to jump. And I'm not even like um, an author... Um, Nancy Levin, uh, along the way, who's uh, Hay- was the Hay- House Events Director, and she wrote a book called Jump and Your Life is Here, which reaffirmed me along the way. I feel like God had these little milestones that mm-hmm. reminded me on the right as I was failing forward. Mm
3: hmm. Mm hmm.
1: You, you talk about how fun it is also when, when we talked earlier about um, learning new things and to be true to yourself and how when everyone zigged, you zagged. I can imagine that to be as passionate and determined as you are, sometimes things can become tiring and even lonely. Have you ever experienced any of this? And if so, what did you do
2: to overcome this? Yeah, well, loneliness has been a constant narrative in my life. You know, a lot of people um, meet me, but I have a very um, diverse and and complex um, upbringing, socialization, background um, that lends to that. And so even um, I was lonely a lot because I just did not fit in. Um, And that meant, and, and even though I'm a black woman, a woman of color... Um, I just didn't even fit in amongst other black women as well because of growing up outside of the community. So I just became used to living in an all white community, not fitting in, and then also trying to insert myself into my community and not fitting in either. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so I, I actually came to the place of like where I think God showed me you don't need to fit in. And there's been constant like a conversation about that throughout even to where I am today. You don't need to fit in. Um, I vagued because I didn't... When I was young, I always knew something was different about me, whether it was weird, whatever it was. I just knew something was different. And mm-hmm. I decided to just... I was always to my own drum. And when you get used to being alone or standing always on the other side, mm-hmm. you just go... Um, you go for it. And you just... Because you have to stand on that side. when I mean, mm-hmm. You just become... something. of those, you for what you're about to jump into
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and why do you think you were able so early on to stand on your own what was you did you feel like you were capable of taking care of yourself or you had enough resources to lean on if you needed to
2: actually i didn't have enough resources you know i grew up in marginalized circumstances and then um so it was never, I, I always share with people, you know, there's a perception at times around me where people think um, that I came for money. I did not come for money. My mm-hmm. parents were immigrants. Was a first, I'm a first-generation Canadian. And um, I started the first nine years of my life in a housing project. Um, so it was not easy. But I will share with you, it, socialization and environment are so powerful in how we shape your perception and your level of belief. I had the ability to see who I was. I grew up in an environment, too, that maybe was bubbled. You know, I was never taught to feel inadequate for being who I was or the color of my skin or any of that. And so uh, I don't, I will not, I'm very supportive of people that unfortunately don't have that conversation, but I also have to remain true to my part of the conversation. Um, And when you don't have if you're not growing up feeling inadequate about what you look like, or it doesn't mean I didn't experience insecurities 100%. I still have them. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't allowing my insecurities to define who I was. And also, I didn't have an environment that reinforced my insecurities either. Mm -hmm. And so... I was able to, and I always had like great, amazing mentors along the way that were always cheering me on and healing and feeling, mm-hmm. and, like, feeling and helping me feel my way through these circumstances. So, um. So you didn't get stuck didn't in the much.
1: insecurities either, right?
2: If the, the mentors got gonna... stuck in, the in Yeah, I didn't get stuck in the insecurities. And I, I wasn't, I, I was just, um, it doesn't mean that I didn't get stuck in places in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, I didn't stay with those insecurities long because when you're a child that grows up in a tumultuous dynamic, you either freeze or you fight, mm-hmm. and I been fighting, and I think just my mom's example, she was always fighting, even mm-hmm. when she even got stuck in her own, she was always fighting, mm-hmm. and so if you're able to... You can be better and do better in the world. That's why visibility is important. But I also share with people, too, is that visibility isn't always about seeing someone who's just like you doing it. Sometimes it's allowing, you looking at other people in your environment that have overcome and have inspirational stories and not getting locked into only, unless the person has your exact narrative or shares your culture or your skin color or all of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You can learn from everybody. And if mm-hmm. you're open, truly, truly open to learning from everything that life gives to you, mm-hmm. you can, have a listener. As Elizabeth Gilbert taught us, eat, pray, love. You will mm-hmm. have that type of experience.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: L- let me ask you this: You talk about entrepreneurs not necessarily having a happy life. So, it, in in terms of how did you persevere early on when you were setting up your business when things were not necessarily happy or easy?
2: Well, I wouldn't say that entrepreneurs don't have a happy life. I think a happy, a happy life or a joyful life is a choice. Mm-hmm. Happiness, for me, is bleeding and it's very temporal. But joyfulness is this anchor of sustainability that goes down deeply rooted into your soul mm-hmm. and sustains you. It's like a, an aspect of contentment. So what I would share is this: what allowed me to persevere was I a lot of i would say, share highly successful people have i always i will say were hardwired to not settle for just good enough mm-hmm. and a few years ago i did i came to the realization is that it didn't matter about how many how many material things i acquired Is they were temporal because I was never happy once I hit a milestone, whether that was buying a dream home or building or getting the car that I wanted. Those Mm -hmm. are temporal. It doesn't matter how many places I traveled to. Why was I walking around without peace? And then I realized, so walking around without peace because I I, I lost my sense of connection to the source, the Mm -hmm. divine Mm -hmm. creativity and the energy that flows through all of us. And so when I got anchored in that again, I discovered that. I could have the peace that passes all understanding, and I could want that, but it, it, it took work in terms of looking at my life, through mm-hmm. so what mm-hmm. I call the sense of harmonious living. Mm-hmm. Looking at what is my relationship with source, what is what do I do for play? How do I what do I do to keep my mindset in check? How does mm-hmm. it affect my business? Well? and success, what does that, what healing modalities am I open to? How am I taking care of my health and my physical body? What mm-hmm. am I giving to my community? How am I loving my family and my friends and myself ultimately? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when I started looking at myself from that perspective, I was like, wow, I have the ability to expand capacity based upon who I am, the very mm-hmm. core root. Of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've I just been able to use that as a template as and also a guide as to when I'm happy and when do I feel too depleted or when do I need to fill that cup again? Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
1: And how long ago did you learn that, who I am? Or is it sort of evolving and it continues to evolve? evolve?
2: It's always been continuously evolving, but I've become very anchored in that. Like, I'm 40 now. Mm-hmm. And I've become very anchored um, in that in the last four to five years, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. that came walking through seasons of intentional betrayals, like horrific betrayals of Mm -hmm. privacy. That came through um, having, you know, walking through public humiliation, Mm -hmm. uh, slander, and things that were, people were Mm -hmm. writing stories. But I think sometimes those, God allows those experiences to chip away at the armor and Mm -hmm. bring forth this buffer. It reminds Mm -hmm. me of this phrase, you take a heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh again. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, what has happened with me is that I was very callous and I allowed my walls to become shattered and broken down. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at some of those obstacles were actually the catalysts and the healing tools mm-hmm. to chipping away at that armor that allowed me to show up as my authentic self. And so I just feel really inspired and empower- empowered now. And I just want women to feel beautiful like I feel beautiful and mm-hmm.
3: I want them
1: to look at that um let me ask you something else the um do you in looking backwards and talking about your upbringing do you think it your upbringing hurt or or helped you master the mindset for success that you have
2: both, both. I think that what yeah when you grow up in an environment where you know, I grew up in seeing a lot of graphic violence um, and I bore witness to trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, even, trauma sometimes is different when trauma is imprinted physically on your being and your soul, mm-hmm. and then you're bearing witness to it. So I think I learned very early that um, I don't, I, I have the, the ability to change this, and I'm going to become the very thing that I. Did, did not want to be. And I, I and I will share, it's a lifelong journey, but it's mm-hmm. really the foundation where I have to onset a lot of emotional, intelligent, and mental health um, care practices at a very early age where a lot of people don't really, some cultures are not even open to that, mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. And like the, a good portion of the black community are just now having the conversation the last 10 years around mental health. Right? Mm-hmm, Whereas mm-hmm. the rest of the world outside of that have been talking about emotional intelligence. And so a part of the disconnection that I have felt in my journey, even with my own community was that it was like, we're talking about the problem. I'm actually speaking about the solution. Mm-hmm. And so when I talk about um, how that led to my success is emotional doesn't mean i think that's the one part that we we get very lost in entrepreneurship we think that there will never be any weapons formed but there will always be weapons formed against us but they will not prosper if you continue to move forward and look at them through the eyes of of light Mm -hmm. and what i mean by looking at through the light of looking at through the eyes of Even though this was painful, this was still for my good, and everything will work together for the good of those that believe in that good. And I think that's been the problem for many people. The moment that something bad happens to us, we believe it's not a part of of the source's plan for us or, or we're going the wrong path, but not understanding the source has already preordained our steps. They already knew we were going to be there. We already knew that we were going to be there. So there's mm-hmm. not really a wrong or right choice. It's just moving forward in the direction that you believe is a choice for you. So therefore, when obstacles do appear, they can be defined in that in that moment. And we need to stop trying to live it, living in the future and living in the past. We need to be present. So that way, when we do collide with the future, we know how to. Um, you know how to walk through um,
1: that season. Right. And it's sort of like some of the, it's a theme of what you are saying sort of over this podcast too, is to not to get stuck, whether it's the weapons against us or it's the inadequacy of the moment and to try to just look forward and align yourself with, you know, positive,
2: um, um, a positive look forward. Yeah, it, it very much is. Um, it's all how we reframe it. You know, a lot of times we I actually just walked through um, even doing the mental work myself right now, again, where mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what, I've been thinking this way for so long and, and how did I start thinking this way? I created this storyline so that way I could cope with the pain that I was walking mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. But if they had just brought the to the surface and ripped off the band-aid then I doesn't mean that I still didn't have to walk through the pain, but it wouldn't have been this turning into this festering pool that just became a pylon of other things. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. sometimes we, we become our worst enemies because we are in so much we almost hide because we feel so we don't want to be exposed mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. for who we are. Yeah. And I always share if, if we just and, and I think this is also the other thing too. For those that are listening, exposing yourself does not mean exposing yourself to other people. There are Mm -hmm. circumstances for that, and it's fine if you do that. But sometimes it's just exposing yourself in that private space to yourself, Mm -hmm. in that mirror. You know, I didn't mean to to run to tell somebody that, oh, you know, I'm feeling fractured here, I'm broken here. I could have just said, hey, Janae, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. you went through the situation. But a lot of us are not trained to do that. You know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. we're trained to just always seeking something outside of ourselves in order to fulfill ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you something else. As a successful and generous businesswoman, you have the opportunity to find new female-led project projects to fund. Sorry, to fund new female-led projects. What do you think having good founder DA, DNA
2: is? Good founder, DNA. Oh, wow. Well. Uh, <laughs> something easy. That is Someone that is receptive, someone that has an idea that, um, someone that has an idea that isn't just, it's not money motivated. It is resourceful. It has sustainability practices built into it. It feels intentional. It has a, the utmost clarity. Um, And having people that also manage from soul, lead from soul, not manage, but lead from soul, um, are what I found are great leaders. People that um, are doing this, like they would have been doing this anyway. It wasn't like, oh, well, I thought Bill Gates was able to build a billion-dollar company, so Mm -hmm. that was now my Mm -hmm. I think that's what people also forget, like Elon Musk did not create Tesla because he was focused on, oh, I need to become a billionaire. He was like, wow, it wouldn't Mm -hmm. be cool that we could create a electrical car or it wouldn't be cool if we could create a spaceship that could do X, Y, and Z. And he was coming more from that standpoint. So we can get people to focus more on, um, on creating from a place of, intentionality and desire for change instead of creating from a place of just looking at our primitive needs and I'm not to say that our needs are not important mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I also feel like for me what I've discovered in, in this is that when I was focused on chasing money I was operating in a high level of scarcity but when I shifted my focus and allowed money to chase on me it became mm-hmm. intention and like mm-hmm. actually and money actually gravitated to me quicker, and so I share with founders, when you embark on this journey, This is, entrepreneurship is a journey of self. It's actually mm-hmm. one of the greatest blessings of my life to be an entrepreneur because it's not just about creating a company, it's about, it's about developing an ecosystem in, that has tentacles and mm-hmm. people. It, it, it's responsible for other people's lives and how you impact them and what you impart on them and how you lead them. And Mm so, don't ever, I don't want people to ever think that, well, I'm going to start a company and I'm going to be at the top and I'm going to be the CEO. Because that's really not the sustainability of what is happening Mm -hmm. and what is necessary for us to move into the future of entrepreneurship. The future of entrepreneurship is very much soul leading and sustainable. Mm -hmm. And when we look at soul purpose, People need to know that the the greatest ideas that have the sustainability came out of people that became obsessed with an idea that was very much soul driven. Mm-hmm. This soul is what gets you through the mm-hmm. times when you can't pay your staff, or or you know, like the bills are due, and and all of the headaches that come with entrepreneurship. If you're just focused on money, those people crumble and fall, and and all of us talk about this behind the scenes. It doesn't mm-hmm. have sustainability because. What, it's not money is only a piece of the impact, not the entire
1: impact. Right. And I think it's an, I think what you're also saying is it's important to let things evolve naturally and not push them, because if, if it's natural, then I guess you find more of your true, authentic voice. Whereas if you're pushing it, then yeah, maybe not so much.
2: Yeah, and that's a, that's a hard balance because there's always this inner conflict with every person naturally. Right. But for the entrepreneur, it, it becomes, it, you can become very convoluted and noisy in your spirit because you're, you're, you're just like, as your company and your, your So this is why it's important for you to fill your capacity wells and expand your capacity. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't do that, it's easy to become distracted, it's easy to lose sight of what of what your wife mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. It's easy to to um to just be tossed to and fro. And the leaders that create impact and change and some of the world's ultra high net worth people, all of us have this in common is that I was unshakable because I was anchored and connected to something. Mm -hmm. And that anchoring and connection, if you were to talk to me about in the days of building my company, you know, my kids were under five years old. Mm -hmm. Five and under, and I was working 16, 18 hour days, okay? Mm -hmm. I was living in a suitcase. I went back to live with my mom. And I was living, like sleeping on a twin size bed. People just don't know parts of that story. Mm-hmm, I have to go mm-hmm. back to the thing with the husband that I left. Mm-hmm. Right? And people don't know. People, you cannot be driven. If you're only driven by money, you can't make it through those types of dynamics right, that I walked through. Right. What drives you is that there's this incessant calling where it's like, I have to keep going. I have to keep going. Mm-hmm, what if mm-hmm. I get I have to? And it doesn't right. mean that I didn't want to give up, but it was my soul that was pulling me forward. And when mm-hmm. people truly understand that, they will understand that that's how you become successful. It's when your soul drives you to a place that you would never have embarked on unless right. you had no idea
1: right. Janae, we're going to have to stop, but I want to thank you so much for sharing with our listeners today your motivation for why you chose to be a female entrepreneur and also how you overcame some of the psychological obstacles that you encountered during your inspirational journey. Where can people reach you to learn more about your work?
2: People can reach me to learn more about my work by visiting jenayazenstross.com. That's J-A-N-E-T-O-I-Z-E-N-S t-r-o-s or they can google me they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at jazenstross
1: great thank you so much and I really appreciate again you coming on
0: this podcast is brought to you by women entrepreneurs global the first startup studio and digital DIY startup platform for women For more information on her guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit womenentrepreneurs.global. We believe an open and non-stigmatizing dialogue about the hidden psychological difficulties experienced by many successful entrepreneurs and highlighting the strategies used to overcome them, such as the fear of failure, of not being good enough, and that loud, chattering internal critic is critical to helping other founders achieve success. Please join her next week for more Mindset for Success stories. That was Dr. Leslie Knudsen, and you can drop her a line at Knudsen doctor.lesleyknudsen at dr.lesleyknudsen.com.